What's up, Marlins fans, and welcome to a, a very special Swings and Mishes as the Marlins have gone through their own new rebrand officially as of yesterday. Uh, that would be on Thursday, November 15th. It's now Friday, November 16th, and I am Jeremy Taché, the producer of Swings and Mishes, joined by our one and only host, Craig Mish. Craig, uh, how you doing on this fine Marlins rebrand Friday? I'm doing well. I'm... Uh... I'm happy to see uh, that uh, it's cool. The New Jerseys now are out, and you can see them on the, uh, you know, certainly at the Marlins team store, but also on the Marlins website and also on their Twitter handle. And to see Jose Ureña and Sandy Alcantara and Pablo Lopez wearing them, as well as Pete O'Brien, uh, pretty cool. I like it. I uh, like what I see so far. And certainly they kept a lot of fans waiting uh, on, uh, was it Thursday too, to see this come out. So it was, uh, it was a you know, fun process. I think that so far they've you know, kind of handled it the right way. Uh, Marlins CEO Derek Jeter went on a couple of radio stations in South Florida. He went on uh, 940. He also went on 560. A lot of the things that he said were, were things that he said previously. So not a ton of new information from there. Mm-hmm. On Joe Rose's show, he said, that uh, was I thought was interesting. He said that that owners around Major League Baseball, and this is something I hadn't heard before, had offered to help him, and, which was kind of curious. And then he made a kind of tongue-in-cheek joke about how uh, he, he at some point talked to the Red Sox, and hmm. the Red Sox offered to help, like just kind of, you know, you know get your feet wet as an owner. And then he thought yeah. there was a – that he had thought there was a hidden camera somewhere because obviously, <laughs> you know, as a former Yankee and the Red Sox. So – that was the one thing of, out of all of, of the interviews that I heard. I'm not saying that, that the interview gave nothing on those, on those two places. But again, mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of the one thing that I kind of caught my ear that I thought was funny. Because a lot of the other stuff we've reported here and I know. Um, and, you know, certainly at some point, Jeremy, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that Derek Jeter does do this podcast. I've been promised that. But I, I have no – it's a TBD and a TBA, and it could be years from now. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we'll, we'll just keep it going and until and – then, and then we can just – But eventually. Wait on top. Eventually yeah. he'll do it. Yeah. But, I'm, I'm, look, I, I think that what you're seeing here – and, you know, I've been covering this for a long time. But it, 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 the jerseys are important. The logo is important. The most important thing as to what's being done here, and they'll never say this publicly – is eliminating anything that had to do with the old ownership. That's what's happening here. Exactly. And yes, they're, they're rebranding, building, trying to win all the, but you, it, it can't be overstated enough just how poorly things went once they moved into this new building. I mean, it, mm-hmm. what tangible thing was a positive in the last seven years or eight years since they've been in that building? I'll give you two things. One was the one magical year that Stanton had, winning the MVP before they traded him. Right. And the other was a player that lost his life tragically in Jose Fernandez. Right. And, and, and look, Ozuna had a nice year. Yeah, sure. And, and Yelich was okay, and JT is, is, is great. But that there really hasn't been anything in, in a long time. The previous uh, regime in the old building did a great job, man. They got Carlos Delgado. They won a right. World Series and Pudge at the plate in 97. There, there was a lot of things that happened. But once they moved into the new stadium, 
I shouldn't have to try and find positive things in eight years. Nothing good happened. I mean, literally nothing. Right. So this is a flushing of everything that's happened in the last seven or eight years, in my opinion. I notice, by the way, how they're still holding on to history from the old building, and they've done that with the teal and everything else. But right. nothing good has happened outside of a couple of, of nice performances and, and a couple of great players. But that's not enough for eight years to say, hey, we had one phenomenal year of Stanton. And, and two great years of a player named Ozuna and Real Muto came into his own and Yelich was okay until we traded. There just wasn't a lot to like. And I think that this is a new day for Marlins baseball, but it's also eliminating all the negativity and the circus from the last eight years. That's my opinion with this. Right. And you can even see that in what we've seen in some of the new models of what the stadium will look like on the inside, too. It's not just putting a new product out in terms of the jerseys and what you're seeing happening on the field, but it's surrounding the field and seeing that, you know, they got rid of the sculpture. They're putting in multi-layered standing room seats um, or it's that's kind of an oxymoron, but mm -hmm. standing room only sections, um, almost what looked to be sort of like an ivy up against the wall out there in the back where that standing room will be. Um, just looking for that full rebrand and a full every time you walk into that stadium, you're not you're going to think about the new experience as opposed to the old. Do you have any thoughts specifically on the colors or is that just sort of a, a nice little uh, addition for you? You know, not much of a thought there. Yeah, I, I, I like it. The, the one thing that I'll say for people listening to this podcast there is a dynamic with me and my family that becomes a little bit difficult because I have a six-year-old son mm -hmm. who goes to the Marlins games with his dad me and goes to spring training and likes the players and imagine so I'm on the side of the media also so there does create an interesting dynamic for me because I can look at it from a fan's perspective and I can look at it from a media perspective. And I've tried to kind of separate the two. Uh, so, you know, he's excited about it and he loves the new colors and he's asking, can he get a new shirt? And I think uh -huh. that as, as someone covering it from the media point of view, and I think that this is important for Derek Jeter and, and Bruce Sherman and everyone there is to engage the young fans where the back of the Jersey uh, Jeremy, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the name. They just love baseball. And young kids want to love baseball. They want the environment. And sometimes if you create an atmosphere within a ballpark, especially for the young fans, it doesn't really matter if they win or lose. I know it sounds crazy, but in 2019, if they create an atmosphere that is conducive to kids and having a good time, it may not matter as much if they lose right. 95 games. And, you know, my son, he's aware of the players and who's been traded and who's there. And we talk about it and he asks those questions. But he just wants to go have a good time at the game and have some food and, and climb something and throw a ball <laughs> around. And, it, and if they can find a way to bring those young fans and force the parents mm -hmm. to bring those young fans to the game, and this is a good way to do it by changing the jersey and showing what the new colors look like and engaging the fans. This is all part of that process. The other part of what I think is supremely important, and they're, they're trying to do this now, and I think that this isn't talked about enough also, it's, it's being missed, is Marlins Park, they're, they're trying to make it a destination for other things. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why it shouldn't be. Why should the BB&T Center where the Panthers play and the American Airlines Arena where the Heat play, why shouldn't the Marlins have concerts and events and things going on there? What happened? 
in the last seven or eight years. I think there was a Guns N' Roses concert there. There may have been a couple of other things, but but what's going on? Like, did right. they just completely forget that, you know, and, and, you know, like, like think about a Billy Joel concert there, you know, mm-hmm. like, and again, that you know shows my age a little bit. It doesn't have to be <laughs> Billy Joel. It could be hip hop, anything else. But the point is, is create that as being not just a place that's open for five months or six months and done, but something that things are happening year round there. Where's the concert? Where's the event? Oh, it's in Marlins Park. Like, when have we said that in the last right. seven years? Oh, where's, where's it at? It's at the BB&T. It's at the American Airlines Arena. Beyonce, I think, was the other concert, big one. Mm-hmm. That was at uh, Marlins Park. I'm not saying that there was nothing there for the last eight years. There's just very little. Right. And, and again, the location of, of Little Havana also, uh, you know, maybe is a deterrent for people in Broward County. I know they're going to try and engage uh, people there as well. But that, that is also a big part of, of what's going on. And, and, and look, people are only going to talk about and see and hear what's in, in the front of their face. What I try to do is dig, as, as people know from listening to me and following me, behind the scenes as to what some of the non-tangible things that you don't see could potentially be going on. So uh, I think that's something also to keep an eye on and watch, Jeremy, in the future. Right. And in terms of a, a baseball experience, one thing I was having a conversation yesterday was that in terms of a baseball experience where they're bringing in so much of this Latin flair, I think that's number one, obviously, for the fan base of the Marlins to try to bring in more Latin fans to feel more comfortable in the stadium. But how about also making that part of the experience for the opposing fan that then wants to come watch games at Marlins Park? I think that's part of it. You're trying to sell tickets one way or another. At first, you have to fill the seats, period. Forget who's in the crowd, whether it's your fans or somebody else's. This is part of making Marlins baseball, like you said, for your son – it makes it a more fun experience for him just to come and watch baseball, regardless of the name on the back of the jersey. I think that does something for the fans of the Miami Marlins and the fans of other teams possibly coming in and wanting to go to Marlins Park and thinking, wow, this is beautiful. Like the fans that show up at Camden Yards or in Pittsburgh at PNC Park and say, man, that was a great experience as I went to that ballpark. Yeah, and they don't have any of that experience, or they haven't had any of that experience going on. And just think mm-hmm. of it, my son is six, like imagine seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Even if those kids play baseball or t-ball or organized uh, baseball of some kind, it is very hard for a young kid to sit through nine innings, no matter what is going on in Major League Baseball. You have to have diversions there. Mm-hmm. And in the past, really the only things that you could do at Marlins Park were basically go to right field and my buddy Tutti Frutti the Clown was there and he makes a nice and he makes a nice balloon for the kids and that's about it you know and you gotta have more to it than that and that kind of experience if you can change it again parents are going to spoil their kids when kids want to do things that are fun and they go to their parents and say you know either you know buy me a toy or do this like you want those kids to say, you know, I want a new Marlin shirt. I want to, I want to go to the game. And how do you do that? It's not just by nine innings of baseball. It just doesn't work for a young kid, especially in a season like 2019, where let's be honest, the team is not going to be good. So mm-hmm. how do you change that? You, you create diversions. You have additional things that are fun. Now, look, I'm not the marketing director there, so I can't give you all the answers, but I know that young kids, again, they may gravitate to one or two players, but it is the fan experience that's going to bring people back 
over and over again in a situation where the on-field product of the major league team is not going to be as good as you want it to be just yet. Right. And, and when you look at the, the colors specifically of this team and, and just moving to that side of it with the rebrand, with the logo, they've got the colors. Uh, I forget what the colors that they called the black and the gray. Caliente the, red? The red is Caliente red. <laughs> and the blue is Miami blue, which uh, a lot of people have compared to the blue of, of these vice jerseys for the heat. It's a similar uh, shade. But what I do like is when you look at those colors, the blue, the red, obviously we all go red, white, and blue when we think about the United States and the American flag. But when you look at, at this blue specifically and, and the red combined with so much of the black, uh, it's a lot more similar to those Latin American countries and their colors, Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, Cuba, all yeah. of those flags and all of those feelings there. These jerseys, the black ones specifically, look a lot like what you would see for a World Baseball Classic jersey for the Dominican Republic, right? that's mm-hmm. part of what the Marlins are trying to do here For is sure. very obviously based off of all of what we've seen between the hashtag being our colores, not just our colors. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of marketing to the Latin American group, um, the Latin group that, that would watch this team that, that lives near the stadium for the most part. Um, and, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the Marlins marketing, seemingly very specifically to the Latin American community. I know Derek Jeter's spoken a lot about this. They've seen the attendance for the World Baseball Classic, and, and there's some way trying to recaptivate that experience. Uh, again, these were people who were representing their country, and so therefore people from that country were coming to watch. And again, it was the best players in the world playing at Marlins Park at that time. So I don't know that that's necessarily a good example. But I do think that that's a smart play for them. I don't know whether or not it's going to succeed just like anything else. Because in the past, it's been very hard to get people from South Florida to go to anything when their team is not winning, Jeremy. It's just a fact, right. whether it is that he the Dolphins, the Panthers, or anything else, we in South Florida as fans don't go when the team isn't good. So they'll have to get creative with that, and hopefully that will work out. But for me to make a guess as to whether or not it will work would be foolish because, Jeremy, I just don't know. I I think it seems to be the smart move Mm -hmm. to try and capture the community that's in 305 and right around that. I'm not saying that it hasn't been done before because they certainly have tried before. But the marketing effort, I think, is going to be astronomical when it comes to the Marlins. And if they can, if they can capture the minds, forget about the wallets for a minute, the minds of the people and just say, hey, look at us, look at us, because that's just something that hasn't been done either. So time will tell, Jeremy. We'll see. Right. I, I tend to agree on that, where it's about, it's about capturing and making the Marlins Miami's team. Um, you know, the Heat have seemingly had a stranglehold on that since the Big Three era where everyone sort of identified and the dolphins have had the longest run in this city of, of feeling like the team to, to really become Miami's team. The Marlins are trying to, to market toward, you know, the Latin American groups and for anyone else that, that is sort of feeling left out. Well, this marketing is new. The Marlins haven't in the past. I haven't seen much of marketing toward anybody really and in the marketing that they've done, it's not like that worked in terms of bringing fans to the stadium. Uh, the attendance has been low for the Marlins for years. So maybe trying to tap into a different market, a market that is right next to the stadium for the most part. We just said that the stadium's literally in Little Havana. You know, trying to, to tap into that market is important. And, and they're doing that today specifically as they're 
you know, they're going around in Dade and Broward counties and showing off these jerseys and showing off the new logo. You've got Jeter, Mike Hill, Chip Bowers out in the community, but also some of the players, um, Sandy Alcantara, Lewis Brinson, Pablo Lopez, Peter O'Brien, Trevor Richards, Jose Ureña. Uh, apparently, Austin Dean and Brian Anderson are at a wedding. Brian Anderson getting married? Um, yes, he's getting married this weekend. Yeah, and Brian Anderson. I, I reported that yesterday, yeah. And Austin Dean uh, came out on Twitter and said that he was there. And, and you right. know, you don't look into – I don't really look into any of that except for, you know, JT, which we'll talk about. But right. um, really good effort from them getting all the Marlins players involved. And uh, I, I will uh, – you know, by the time this airs, I think that the day will be over on Friday. But I'm planning on making a stop at one of these places too. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm – very, very nice for them to bring players back, bring them in, re-engage the fan base. Actually, they really did this at a good time, too. The Dolphins have a bye week. Yep. The heat's up. The heat's down. The Panthers are a little bit on a roll. But, again, this is more of a Dade County and then uh, East Broward type thing. So uh, timing all around worked out very well for the Marlins. I think they've captured all of South Florida now into, with, with these jerseys and these rebranding. The only thing, Jeremy, is you can't do this all the time. You, know? you right. can only do this once. Right. You can't next week say, look at the sneaker, look at the cleats, you know, like, right. look at the gloves. Like, you can't do it. So this is the time. And, and they've done a good job to this point with that. Yeah, it's, it's good timing and getting everyone discussing it. That's for sure. If you, if you go up and down everybody on your timeline right everybody. now, everybody's talking about it. Uh, but just real quick to, to wrap up this episode, and, and you brought it up yourself here, uh, JT Ramuto, there was a report from John Morosi um, mm-hmm. that – the Marlins are looking for either Tucker or Whitley from the Astros. Um, similar to what you've said throughout this process. And, you know, just a real quick thought on JT Romuto as, as we move into uh, next week and beyond. Yep. Nothing has changed. I reported everything that you're seeing out there today. So mm-hmm. uh, if you follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish, you follow this podcast at Swings and Mishes. I promise everyone that you have come to the right place with this story. Um, not going to do anything on it this weekend, Jeremy. I, I believe that next week we will uh, have a little bit more clarity and more information on it. But this weekend is kind of the Marlins uh, rebranding of their jerseys, of their hats, of their logo. I assure you, nobody is more dialed in to this story than I am. And as time goes on, we will get there with this story. But uh, Jeremy, this is nothing different than I've reported. The Astros, uh, you know, the Marlins are never good at getting Forrest Whitley from the Astros. That's not happening as I've, as I've reported and done on this podcast before they asked for Kyle Tucker, they were told, no, there's a small window there. Maybe they would say, yes, I still believe that this is going to be a two for one deal in this deal. The Houston would only give up uh, a Tucker, which doesn't make sense. Cause that means it's a one for one deal, but it's fun to speculate. It's fun to put stuff out there. It's fun to get the ball rolling. I don't know that it's fun for the Marlins on a day that they're rebranding all their stuff exactly. to go to go, you know, what's to the wall with real Muto trade stuff. So I'm going to pass on that today. And uh, next week, I assure you, and throughout the off season, I assure you there will be nobody more dialed in on this story than me. The end. You heard that here first folks, Craig Mish dialed in on this story and dialed in on uniform talk as we were throughout uh, this episode of swings and Mishes. Craig, thanks for joining me for this quick episode of swings and mishes and uh we'll be back next week and as you just said with more jt ramuto talk and more miami hopefully so hopefully so have a great weekend everybody and uh we'll be back for one more of these before thanksgiving and a real quick go ucf nights college game day (laughs) good luck 
And one more quick note before we go, for those of you who wager on sports, you know that BetDSI.com is a big sponsor here of the Swings and Mishes podcast. In fact, this offseason, they're posting odds of all of the Major League Baseball free agents and where they're going to end up, including Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. And there'll be a lot more of those to come. In fact, at BetDSI.com, you can bet on anything, including all of the big games in college football this weekend, one that I'm keeping an eye on that I have an investment in is that West Virginia game against Oklahoma State. We need the Mountaineers this weekend, Jeremy. Gotta have them this weekend. Just win the game outright. We gotta get them somehow into the Final Four. And if you use the promo code SWINGS101, that's S-W-I-N-G-S 101, over at BetDSI.com, they're gonna match your first deposit up to $2,500. That's over at BetDSI.com. Use the promo code SWINGS101, college basketball, the NBA, all of the futures in Major League Baseball, as well, of course, as college football and the NFL. Go right now, make your first deposit over at BetDSI.com.